0: Hello and welcome to the Millennial Minimalist Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Foss, and together with my co-host, Lauren Morley, our mission is to help you simplify your life and live with greater intention. Together, let's live more with less. Hi, everyone. Recently on our Instagram and Facebook pages, at Millennial Minimalist, we asked you, our listeners, a few questions about your lifestyle goals and achievements. And today we are sharing your responses and discussing our answers to your questions. This is part one of a two-part episode where we discuss your answers to the questions, what have you recently let go of or minimized? And what is one habit that you've recently adopted to live simply each day? Plus, Lauren and I share our own responses to these questions and more, including discussions around what we are each still working to minimize today, along with new additional habits we are each looking to implement into our lifestyles. Be inspired by all the ways you can simplify your life and be motivated to adopt positive habits that will help you live a more mindful and fulfilling every day. Oh, this is so nice. I am so excited for our Q&A discussion today. Lauren, I think it was, it's been around two months since our last Q&A. It's crazy. It's been so long and I know that our listeners really love this and I'm looking forward to hearing your responses as well.
1: Yeah, I love the Q&A. Like, I'm always curious as to what people are struggling with or questions that they have. I feel like I like lived in an empty condo for five years, so I don't know what people are struggling
0: with. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm the innate minimalist. I have everything under control. How are you? How do you not? (laughs) Yeah. So what do you mean you have two
1: tens? No.
0: Yeah. You have two pens. It's so funny. We used to make fun of Lauren for that. We used to make fun of you for a lot of things. Your friends and and, and, and I used to make fun of you for those things. But now we admire you for all those things. So, yeah. and of course, as you know, as you've met, you're just joking. This lifestyle takes a lot of maintenance and practice and it's imperfect and before we go into the questions today, I wanted to mention that, gosh, I haven't seen you since before your birthday, which is, gosh, probably the end of July is the last time I saw you. It's been nuts for me in terms of my career, but also yours. And you just came back from Boston. So hey to our Boston listeners. How was your trip? Oh, it was amazing. My friend owns a company called Guess Where
1: Trip. So we went and scouted one of the road trips out there and we like learned all about the history of the witch trials, and we went through Salem and Newburyport. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And we saw the most beautiful rainbow on the last day.
0: Now, did you bring a, a little backpack or a carry-on? What did you bring?
1: No, I brought a
0: carry-on. Very nice. I'm sure you didn't bring much. Sometimes when Laura brings her carry on, it's half full and you're like, Wow, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I probably could just bring a backpack, but I feel like people get scared when I do. <laughs> They're like, Did you forget your luggage? I'm like, No. My friend actually was like, make sure you have your passport. And I'm like, Yeah, that's all I brought. <laughs> that's so funny. So like, I could just go with nothing, but yeah, no, it was it was a super fun trip. So that would be a really good challenge. Just to bring just your bring passport. a passport. Mm -hmm. no for sanitary reasons I feel like you need a few things yeah toothbrush yeah
0: (laughs) 1000% yeah it would be really nice if you I remember because I used to work for Air Canada and I would fly to Montreal for the day and back and it felt so cool it was like taking a bus ride to Montreal but it was a short plane ride and I would just be there for gosh six hours and then I would six or eight hours then I would fly home so I would just bring my little purse (laughs) it's great oh so nice yeah it felt nice I was like oh I wish I could do this on all of my
1: trips Boston was only a 90 minute flight and I went to Israel in July which was a 12-hour flight so I felt like by the time I got settled in and got my book out the flight was over
0: that's (laughs) so (laughs) really that's so nice oh we're here yeah no it's a fun trip awesome awesome well we'll definitely go for our walk soon so we can catch up one-on-one Off the pod.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Kelly and I always sign into the pod and start catching up about life. And then we're like, okay, we need to go for a walk to catch up.
0: Yes, yes. Although I think our (laughs) listeners would enjoy that as well.
1: (laughs) Oh, for sure they would. Very, (laughs) very
0: candid Patreon type episode. So the first question we asked our listeners on Instagram and Facebook was, what have you recently let go of or minimized? And I have to thank our listeners. We received so many amazing responses and we asked, I believe, four questions. And that was the first question we started with. And I thought to start today that you and I can start with our own responses to this question. So to start with you, Lauren, what have you recently let go of or minimized?
1: Um, Besides Mike's stuff, <laughs> my boyfriend's stuff. No. So one thing I've really been working on and I've been reading a lot about is distraction. Like we are just so mindlessly distracted by social media and our phones. And I am Trying this new method, it's called block timing. I learned it from the Daily Connoisseur. I always watch her YouTube channel. And it's where you actually write out the hours of the day and what you're going to do in those hours. And you can include fun stuff like, you know, going for a walk, meeting a friend, watching a show, as well as productive stuff that you want to get done. And it can be everything from laundry to work stuff. And it just makes it so much easier when I'm like, it's, you know, 8 to 9am and I'm working on this instead of just having a to-do list that you're kind of just working on, but you're checking your phone. It's like, this is the one hour I'm going to dedicate to this. And then when it comes time at the end of the day where you're like, okay, I have two hours, like I'm going to watch a movie and just enjoy these two hours. You don't waste them just mindlessly scrolling. So I am really trying to let go of distraction and not let what I want to work on and accomplish slip away because I'm just distracted by things.
0: Mm, I really, really like that. I mean, that's why I keep a bullet journal. I do something similar. Yeah. So I block my, my hours and I put in those times where I'm doing things that are fun or disconnecting. So it really helps you feel more accomplished at the end of the day. Eh? It's a big, like, yeah. so if you say, oh, I want to watch a movie at the end of the day, you feel like, oh yeah, I deserve that.
1: <laughs> I can't yeah, do that. Yeah, no, it does. I want to get a physical journal. It's nice to see your days and go back. And if you ever got accused of anything, you could be like, nope, on that day at this time, I was working on this project and yep. I have it saved in my Google drive.
0: <laughs> You're like, I have proof look at this this day yeah. I was doing X X and X and I crossed them all out
1: <laughs> yeah I have every hour of my life accounted for for the last 10 years so <laughs> oh, you know some people do which is so oh I'm funny. sure they do.
0: I'm sure they do. Like my mentor Mac, my good friend Mac as you know, he has multiple bullet journals and he keeps all of them and I, I don't know where he stores them but it would be interesting to look back hey, five years ago this is what I was doing on this day and it's interesting. And and you can really see how you've improved and, and changed how you use the bullet journal over time. And for those of you who have never heard of the bullet journal, just YouTube it. It's an amazing method to help you track your current tasks and another opportunity to record your future goals as well. With the bullet journal, do you put the times that you're
1: going to do it or just what you need to do that day?
0: I just put what I need to do that day. I don't do the times but okay. I try to tell myself, hey, these are the number of hours I want to spend on X thing.
1: Okay. Okay. So I'm excited to hear what you've recently let go of or minimized.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I'm also going to go into the Pomodoro technique as well. Uh, Cause okay. we're talking about time management. We'll go into that later, but something that I recently let go of. So I, first of all, I'm post race. I'm a race director, as many of you know, and uh, my race was a success It was just this past Sunday. And now I'm so excited to tackle a few things in my home that I didn't have time for when I was working crazy, crazy hours. So the first thing is papers and receipts. I'm taking pictures of everything. So I I had a big pile of receipts in a drawer. Well, it's organized, but I need to go through all of them. So I took pictures of them. I went through my place and I found that I had way too many reusable bags. So I'm donating some of those bags. For some of you, you know that I got rid of a lot of my shoe boxes. So I recycled all my cardboard shoe boxes because I got a shoe organizer in my closet that I shared on Instagram. It's very exciting. And I got rid of all these excess containers. Sometimes you know how you go home, Lauren, you grab, you get these reusable containers from your parents. So I gave them all back (laughs) because I only use glass. Yeah, well, I only use glass in my place. I got to remember that if I go to my parents, and my mom wants to send me home with leftovers that I bring these containers with me because I end up having all of hers in my cupboard, and I just don't have room for them and I or I don't want plastic in my place. So
1: I was going to say, when you go for dinner, bring your own container and then you can bring it home. and You won't have any of those extra containers. Love it. It's kind of presumptuous yeah. <laughs> that you'll be getting leftovers, but no, it, it works better.
0: My parents love sending us home with leftovers, so luckily. And uh-huh. uh, the last thing was kitchen hand towels. They are getting a little bit old, so I turned them into rags. And the second piece is, you know, I know there was only one, but I wanted to go into another area that I've l- recently let go of, and that is letting go of the need to please others. I was a people pleaser for many years, as you know, Lauren, and I've become more intentional with what I say yes and no to lately usually I feel guilty I'm like oh my gosh you know for for example after my run so many people want to meet up and catch up and I just felt overwhelmed because I pushed everything to this week so I was like oh I'll be I'll be available after the run but there's a lot of post run work and so I felt overwhelmed and I was like okay maybe I can slip this person in here and then I realized no just tell them you can meet them another week or two weeks and they were really understanding it's so interesting you get in your head and you're like oh but then they'll be upset or like you know, or maybe I'm not going to have the opportunity to meet with them soon, you know, all these things, but it's like, what is more important? I think owning your time and feeling good is more important. Right. So, yeah.
1: And it's nice to say to someone like, listen, I'm super busy this week. And like, I, I want to show up with like good energy and like really catch up and not overwhelmed and exhausted. Like, can we push it till next week or this day? They'd appreciate <laughs> that more than just being like, Nope can't see you.
0: Yeah. 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 It's so funny. That actually happened yesterday. I was sending a text message to a colleague asking him a question and he responded back immediately. And then in detail, and I responded, thanks, because I was meeting someone in that very moment and he approached me and I was like, oh, I can't keep texting. So I just put thanks back. And then six hours later, he was like, is everything okay? And I'm like, Oh, yeah. Sorry. I was meeting someone in the moment that I was texting you back. So then I texted him in detail back. So funny. He's like, Is everything okay?
1: <laughs> yeah. No, sometimes you have to go back or, or I'll be like, Hey, like I'm showing a condo right now or I'm on the phone. Like mm-hmm. I'll, I'll get back to you on this text. Like I've received it.
0: Yeah. We that's really good. have
1: to like keep up with technology and the changing of it.
0: <laughs> totally. I mean, he could have got the impression that. I was upset or something like, no, 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 no. Cause he's used to really bubbly messages back from me. So he's like, what? Just thanks.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) funny.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's those pressures to please, but yeah, you don't have to feel the pressure. So I want to discuss another question and share our answers to it. And that is, what are you working to minimize today? What are you working to let go of today, Lauren? So
1: I am trying so hard to not worry as much. Mm. Like I, I feel like I just worry about everything all the time. And it's such a waste of time. And I read the other day, you know how we always say that the average person lives a thousand months. hmm. So I read the other day that the average person lives about 28,000 days. Wow. Like that's if you live until about 79, obviously it's like based on where you live in the world and your gender and lifestyle and genetics, but like just average, it's about 28,000 days. So I got a calculator and I figured out how many days I've already lived and approximately how many days I have left. And I looked at that number and I was like, I'm not wasting these days worrying. I, mm. I have things that I want to accomplish. I have things that I want to experience. I'm like going to put my mental energy into that. I just don't want to sit and like worry about the future or dwell about the past. Like I just want to get on and enjoy my days and enjoy my life as best I can. And so I'm really working at not worrying about things as much anymore.
0: Mm. it seems like you're trying to reach a level of contentment in your every day which is yeah and it's important yeah and especially
1: just I mean at every stage of life but there's just always stuff to worry about and if you like sit there and let it get out of control just you know about work and family and friends and goals and just everything like you can just sit and dwell on it so mm-hmm. I made my list of what do I w- I want to accomplish and experience and I like
0: bring it out when I start worrying about stuff and it seems like your time blocking method is also helpful for that as well because when you are intentional about how you're spending your time you'll have less I guess idle time to worry about things (laughs) which is great yeah I'm
1: like Lauren we can't we don't have 10 minutes to worry about this we we got to work on this task (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. This, I mean, similar to you. I I mean, I, I have another thing that I'm working on today, but first i will I'll talk about this is I'm, I'm trying to let go of the social pressures. I, at the top of this conversation, I mentioned that I've been having discussions with family members about my direction in life and I'm 36. And I come from a very traditional family, you get married, you have children, and I haven't, Gotten married. I haven't had children yet. And so I feel that pressure, but I communicated that, that I'm very happy and there's things in my life that I want to accomplish more. So those aren't things that I'm seeking out. I, I They would be lovely one day. And I'm not hundred percent sure if I want children at this time. I've always wanted them, but I think it's, uh, I think it's being in the right situation financially and also uh, making sure that you and your partner are sure about it, right? So that's something that I'm working through, but I don't let it get to me because I know that I'm on a great path and I'm very happy today, but I'm I'm managing those pressures is what I'm saying. And something that I'm really working to minimize today in my everyday is digital clutter, uh, going through my photos on multiple backup drives, So I have many backup drives from my university years, my travels overseas as a model. I have so many great videos and photos, and they're all on backup drives, but I need to save them onto my iCloud or Google Drive. So that's on my list. And right now I'm removing 40 photos and videos a day on my phone. So I'm looking to downsize, and I'm also decluttering and organizing the files in my Google Drive. These are areas of access that a lot of people forget about. (laughs) You know, I'm getting these messages already from Google saying, hey, you need to add money. You need more storage. You know, you need to pay us more because you're hitting your limit. And it's like, no, 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 no. Why doesn't the message say, hey, you should start decluttering? (laughs) You know, why is it always pay? pay more? You know, I went to the Apple store the other day and I have the iPhone 13 mini. And I love it. The camera isn't the greatest, but it's good enough. And I remember when I got it, the guy with me, he said, well, you know, on my old phone, he said, you only have 20 gigs left. You should really, really upgrade. And I was like, no, no, no. I should really, really declutter. And he loved my response so much. (laughs) He was like, yeah, you're so true." I know there's the new iPhone 15 coming out already. Gosh, it's just you get one new phone and then it's it's old. It's old within six to eight months. It's unbelievable.
1: So true. You know what I was thinking about the other day, though, is that as a minimalist, you have less physical stuff, right? So I don't own that much. So in my time, I'm sitting in my empty living room reading books and like writing comedy and like, you know, writing podcast notes and working on the closet course, whereas That stuff is gonna add up, you know. Like my Google Drive is full of all the like skits I've written or ideas I've worked on or books I've read, which I would rather that clutter than a bunch of stuff in my house that I don't I bought and didn't use. So maybe like to some degree, there's gonna be some area where you do have a bit of excess, but I'd rather it be a Google Drive of like all my writing and ideas than Mm You know i don't know a closet full of clothes i never wore so but it it is hard to declutter stuff like even the technology stuff and sometimes that's harder it's like oh this is like a script like a funny script i wrote five years ago i don't want to delete it so
0: yeah no of course some of us have important files and intentional files and yes buy buy more gigs if you need it you know be intentional with it but if it's like a storage space housing stuff that you don't use then you need to get rid of that stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. Same thing. I'm like, I'm like, oh, a diamond bracelet? Garbage. I'm like, a comedy skit I wrote? I can't get rid of this.
0: <laughs> it's what's most meaningful to you, right? <laughs> so true. So we asked our listeners the same question, and I will share their responses. Again, they answered, they responded to, what have you recently let go of or minimized? And these are some of the responses. Books, antique items, and decor I collected years ago. I donated to a thrift store. The expectations of the external world. Wow, relatable. Unhealthy relationships, acquaintances, uh, clothes, kitchen items, books, everything. I'm getting married soon and about to move two houses into one. Oh, awesome. Good for you. Uh, Newborn baby clothes. as, As we've decided, we are only having one child. So many kids' toys, and the kids didn't even notice. Oh, that's good to know. That's awesome. Uh, there's also a trick for that. If if you do have children, put put away a toy for a few days or a few weeks, and and wait until they say something. If they don't say anything, then you know you can donate that item. Uh, that's something that my mom would do. And uh, a working elliptical. Other people's perceptions of me. Uh, another person said I had a farmhouse and downsized to a minimalist studio space. Uh, blankets, towels, sheets, clothes, shoes. Uh, a lady same age as me, 36, let go of college sweatshirts and clothing that she kept for sentimental value, but she didn't wear. Oh, I hear you there. I went to Western University in Canada and I have quite a few shirts and uh, I have one sweatshirt from there and I do wear it, but I only wear it when I go home to my parents' house. It's not something that I keep in my current house. Another person said, working on keepsakes currently, uh, summer clothes that I didn't love, unwanted family heirlooms uh, that I should keep, you know, the things that our parents want us to keep, but we really don't want to. That's great that you let go to that. And someone said, I forced myself to use up all my beauty products and I finally got one of each thing I need. Love to hear that. It's awesome. Love it. You know, that's yeah. you. It was really you who inspired me to do that, Lauren, you and Dr. Mary Alice Mina. That's I believe it's episode 52 skinimalism. She really inspired me to use up all my products and just keep it to a few items. Gosh, there's so many creams and just it's just you need this thing and then you need this thing to wash this thing. It's, it's too much.
1: Yeah. It's, I learned so much in that episode. Still to date, one of my favorite episodes.
0: Really? Yeah. And I listened to her podcast. She's fantastic. So look for Dr. Al- Mary Alice Mina. She's awesome. So now the second question we asked our listeners was, what are two habits that you've adopted and maintained to help you live simply each day? And before we go into the responses, I'd love to hear your response to that question, Lauren. Okay.
1: So the two I've implemented, I have finally started meditating consistently. And this (gasps) is how I've been able to do it. I know I've never been able to do it. And like, I feel like life goes through ebbs and flows and I'm just at a higher stressful time in my life. And I have to meditate. Like I, I need to do this. It is very necessary. And so I do it for five minutes after I exercise. Because I don't like having to remember to exercise or having to remember to meditate. It's like another thing that I have to do. But, you know, it's like when you wake up, you brush your teeth. You don't have to think about it. I'm like, after I exercise, after I go for a walk or stream a workout, I'm just going to sit down for five minutes and listen to a meditation and then I'm done. And it is so nice after you exert yourself physically and then calm yourself down mentally. I feel so good after both physically and mentally. So That is one habit I have adopted without having to feel like I just have one more thing I have to add to my list. I was able to pair it with something. And, you know, I'm slowly starting to see the benefits. I know it takes a while to like really get that benefit of a clear and calm mind, but I'm sticking with it this time because I know it's beneficial. And then my second habit is So I always start my day with coffee and a book, and now I always end it with tea and TV. <laughs> mm. So just that last hour of the day, I take a shower, make a cup of tea, curl up on the couch, and I can watch YouTube or Netflix or a movie or a TV show, and then I go to bed. I know you're not supposed to watch TV or screens before you go to bed, but that's one rule I'm just not going to follow. <laughs> I, I like that last hour of my day to just relax and do absolutely nothing and mm-hmm. then I, I just once I I usually within an hour fall like start to get tired and I close my laptop and fall asleep so those are my two biggest habits I've implemented and so far so good
0: oh that's that makes awesome excited to
1: hear yours
0: well just so our listeners know why I'm so shocked about <laughs> you adopting meditation. a meditation habit you've been telling me forever I can't meditate no I can't meditate I can't do it and you're so against it And uh, maybe it was my interview with Light Watkins that inspired you. He's an incredible meditation teacher and he talks about why it's so important and how it can be so helpful for your life. I want to share a little story with you. So I've been listening to the Waking Up app and my favorite meditation teacher on that app, her name is Jan Chosen Bays. I've never connected with her, but I plan on hopefully interviewing her in the future because she has the most peaceful voice and she has a great story. So anyways, I'm listening to this 5 minute med- meditation yesterday and she talks about space and how when we move through the world, let's try not to look at the objects, let's try to look at the space between the objects. So it's quite the challenge. Oh. And so you're you're laying in bed and you're thinking about this and you're obviously meditating, you feel very relaxed. And then she started going into how you can manage feelings of frustration when you're waiting. For example, you're waiting in line or you're waiting for someone who's late. She goes, instead of focusing your attention on, oh my gosh, I hate waiting. She goes, see waiting as an opportunity to practice being present. And I was like, that is beautiful. (laughs) It's so true. Yeah, that's so true. And it's funny too. So I, the other day I was like, I told myself, I was like, yeah, actually yesterday I was like, okay, I'm waiting right now, but you know, this is an opportunity to practice being present, which is funny, but it's actually amazing. It's true. Like, especially if you're not in a rush, if you're not in a rush and, and you know, those moments where you're in line and you've looked at your phone many times and there's nothing new to look at. And you're just like standing there. We'll stand there and meditate and practice being present. So I thought that was really cool. And I was excited to you now with you and I'm glad to hear that I'm like I'm like coming to meet you with a friend and we're like oh we're late
1: like we've left Kelly waiting I'm like oh she's probably just meditating
0: (laughs) yeah well this is the funny thing so we were supposed to record at like 9 30 and Lauren's like oh can I we record at 9 40 I'm just putting on makeup and I said and then I said to myself well this is an opportunity for me to practice being present (laughs) no I love it I love it
1: so now you know any moment of the day
0: so, okay. So my two habits. So the first one is some of the habits that I've adopted to help me maintain this lifestyle or how to maintain a simple lifestyle is I clean as I go. I'm always cleaning as I go. It helps me keep my place clean and I have a home for all my items. So I'm not wasting time looking for my items. You're the same way. We always know where our things are, which is fantastic. And the second habit is I'm really making time to disconnect from the noise each day. You know, as you said, at the top of this conversation, all the distractions and everybody has their own outlets. For me, my outlets are meditation, even if that's five, 10 minutes a day, running, going for long walks, podcasts, audiobooks. I'm starting to avoid putting on podcasts every time I have a moment of silence. And I'm, I'm just trying to stop because I, I find that I always want someone talking in the background, I'm like, no, just be in silence. Silence is good. Silence is good for the mind. If you're constantly filling it with content, you'll never be able to focus clearly. So I'm starting to do that. And I don't know if you heard this quote, but the minimalist TK Coleman, he always says that physical clutter is a manifestation of psychological clutter. So the more clear our minds are, the more clear our spaces will be as well. So I thought that was fascinating.
1: No, it's beautiful. I love it.
0: So I'll share the listener's responses to this same question. What is one habit that you've adopted to live simply each day? And here are some of the responses. Making time to read and making sure all the surfaces in my home are clear. Loading the dishwasher each day so it doesn't pile up. Doing a load of laundry each day has become a part of our routine. Oh, that's awesome. Less screen time, more reading and writing in my diary. Uh, Leaving work at work. Gosh, I love that one. That's hard for a lot of us, especially those of us who work from home or work from the same laptop or or enjoy play on the laptop that we also work on, right? I only have one laptop. So if I'm watching a Netflix show, I can also see work in the background. Everything has Uh a home, put it back where it's supposed to be, makes for easy cleanup. Someone also says avoiding impulse purchases, letting go of paper clutter. Instead, I take pictures of important papers. Yes, yes, yes. That's something we'll get into later. Making time for coffee and journaling each morning. Wow, it sounds like you, Lauren. Setting do not disturb on my phone from 7.30 p.m. to 8.30 a.m. Smart. I use the one thing in, one thing out rule when it comes to new things coming into my home. Really, really great. And I wait as long as possible before purchasing an item and I eventually lose interest in buying it. Love it. That's awesome. It's so true. I have a bookmark on my computer with the list of all these wants, and I never end up buying any of them. It's great. <laughs> it is so much easier
1: to delete something that you didn't end up wanting or using than buying it and trying to like sell it or get rid of it.
0: Mm, totally.
1: You spend a lot less money this way.
0: Yes, absolutely. And uh, to, to go off that question, I'm curious, what is one new habit that you're looking to adopt to help you maintain a simple life, Lauren?
1: So... I am trying to go through the technology stuff. <laughs> okay. And yeah, but even like I was deleting photos and then I went on a trip and took a bunch of pictures and I'm like, oh, I just like back... <laughs> fired all the work I did. (laughs) So, yeah, I guess just kind of making it a habit of getting rid of the stuff or or just acknowledging that maybe I, I do want a few extra photos and some storage in my Google Drive of my creative work. So but learning how much technology clutter I want and being specific about what I want to keep because you're right you are eventually going to have to pay for that storage and we're we're in our 30s like what are we going to do in our 50s and 60s how much storage are we going to need then?
0: oh my gosh I know and how many (sighs) pictures do we really care about that are in our phone think about it there are so many screenshots so many duplicates of photos that we took I try not to take duplicates when I take pictures of other people on their phone as well like they don't need 20 photos just give them, you know, when you hand your phone to someone and they're like, oh, can you take a picture? And they, they'll take like 30 pictures. You're like, no, I just want maybe five.
1: <laughs> yeah, Not one, five. maybe five <laughs> or even screenshotting. Like I'll go to screenshot a quote and I'll be like, no, Lauren, you're never going to look at this again. Like, don't do that.
0: <laughs> well, I like that. You know, I I do have a list of quotes in my notes section of my phone and There are so many screenshots that I took, which you're right. Don't take screenshots, just copy the words and put them in your notes section versus going through all those screenshots. You know, there's all these things that we do quickly when it's like, oh, then we have to deal with it later. So be more mindful about that. So yeah, we're both being challenged to delete all of the photos, the excess clutter, digital clutter. But uh, I know you don't have much clutter when it comes to your email though, right? You don't have much clutter on your computer either. Everything's in your trash. (laughs) (laughs)
1: i'm trying not not to store stuff in my trash anymore that is really weird (laughs) (laughs) you're like going where are those important contracts i'm like oh they're in the trash can (laughs) (laughs) i'm like what no i uh i I have a little folder on my laptop now but yeah it's it's hard to go through technology clutter do you remember when we used to get a new phone and it was just blank and you would have to put in all the numbers again I want to go back to that. I don't want them to transfer all the information to a new phone. I just want to add in the few people I talk to.
0: <laughs> that is the perfect way to declutter your relational excess.
1: <laughs> yeah. Then I can do that. Who's this text?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Like half the people in your network. That would be terrible. Yeah, my
1: mom's like, what?
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> my boss.
0: <laughs> <Your> boss. <laughs> So for me to respond to this question, yeah, one new yours? habit that I'm looking to adopt to help me maintain this lifestyle a little bit better is an improved nighttime and morning routine. I really, I really have not mastered this. I want to go to bed earlier. I want to go to bed around 1030, 11 latest. Lately, I've been going to bed around midnight past midnight, and it's it's too late because I feel tired every morning and I want to wake up early around 630 in the morning I know that's not really early for a lot of you, but uh, that's become early for me. And I want to start my mornings by curling up on my couch, listening to a five-minute meditation, you know, Ch- Jan Chosen Bay's and waking up app and reading a book or a blog. And even if that takes 15 minutes, it's just, oh, I did that this morning, Lauren, and it felt so good. And I also do Wordle every morning. I've, our listeners also enjoy Wordle. Shout out to you the best new york times wordle yeah you and, love it and crossword they're really fun brain games when you wake up so i really enjoy that and as many of you know no i love my athletic greens, so that's the first thing i drink every morning with water and a snack and so i'll drink those things while i'm reading or medit, and then and then i'll meditate whatever and then i actually wait an hour and a half till i have my coffee every morning i don't know if i've told you this lauren and while you were getting ready with your makeup, I was like, oh, well, I guess I'll make my coffee now. And you're probably thinking, wow, I had my coffee two hours ago. <laughs> I
1: know. I wish I could wait. It, it's better. I have more energy through the day. But oh, there's just something about waking up to a cup of coffee in a book like I can't match it.
0: Well, I know. I love it, too. I don't always wait the time. But American neuroscientist, Dr. Andrew Huberman, he's a major podcaster as well, He has the podcast, the Huberman Lab podcast. He's so brilliant. It's very, very dense stuff. But he recommends coffee consumption 1.5 to 2 hours after waking up in order to maximize our energy, reset our circadian rhythms, and improve our sleep. And he also says the same thing about getting sunlight in the early morning. It will help you sleep at night. So I also Mm -hmm. went for a little walk this morning, and I specifically chose a route where there was a lot of sun. Uh, just so that I could get that on my eyes this morning and get a little boost for this recording. So, but anyways, for you coffee drinkers out there, try to wake an hour and a half and see if it makes a difference. I'd be very curious to hear. I, I, maybe I can wake up and have like warm water
1: with lemon or something. I just like love like a warm Mm. drink and a book when I wake up. So I'd have to figure that out. Just, I'm telling you, a coffee and a book, like you just, there's nothing like it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: i love it (laughs) that's that's my weekends though i'm usually slow mornings on saturday sunday and i'll have a coffee because i love making eggs and avocado and all that stuff in the mornings on the weekends i love making nice breakfasts and i'll i'll definitely pair it with coffee right away so i only do my athletic greens monday to friday on the weekends i always have an egg breakfast so i try to interesting because athletic greens you're supposed to have on an empty stomach Cause I've tried it while also eating and it, you don't feel good uh, or I don't feel good anyways. Oh. So you don't want to mix the two <laughs> <laughs> any, any green powder. It's sometimes it can be hard on your stomach. So let's go into our responses to listener questions. So the third question we asked was what area of access do you need help with? And we received so many responses, a few of them were duplicates. So we've combined into one, which is great, but I got to thank you guys. Thank you so much for your engagement. It's amazing. And uh, so we'll start with that question. And I know that we will go over time. So we're going to combine this into a part one and part two Q&A. But we'll start with our responses to some of these questions. The first response was, this woman is trying to manage mental excess at her sales job. And considering you're in sales, Lauren, I'm sure you have a lot to respond to this. I was also in sales at one point in my life and I felt a lot of pressure on my back. I just felt so much pressure because there was a quota involved and I was always focusing on that quota, that long-term expectation. And so I actually spoke to so many figures in my life just for their advice. And I remember someone telling me to break down what you're doing into smaller short-term achievable goals, you know, break it down. That way you're not focusing on the big picture because that is stressful and also track your time. So for example, you, Lauren, I remember you would make sales calls. You'd be like, Hey, I'm going to give myself an hour to make all these calls. So you give yourself an hour and and then you're crossing out the time that you're spending on it so that you do feel productive at the end of the day. Because in sales, a lot of the time you can leave your desk and feel like, wow, I got nothing accomplished today, but just keep putting feelers out every single day and start focusing on short-term wins. No, for sure.
1: Yeah, I've worked in a sales job for like 12 years, and it can definitely be super stressful, Uh, especially if you put a ton of work into something and it falls through and then nothing comes of it. But honestly, this is where therapy can help so much. Speaking with BetterHelp has helped me so much manage my work stress, especially working in sales. My therapist gave me so many, has given me so many tools to work with on how to manage and deal with work stress, which I use all of the time. And, you know, a few things that have really helped me with working in that is being unattached to the outcome. It's like going in, doing the work. And if it happens, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't putting all that pressure on yourself is not going to make for you doing a good job at what you're working on. Also focusing on the areas of your job that you love, because, you know, there are areas of real estate I don't like. And then there's areas that I, I do really love. And I try to really hone in on those. Like I can meet people and really connect with them. I like looking at model suites because they're empty. and They have no clutter in them. <laughs> they inspire me. But just finding those areas of your job that you love and just knowing and understanding that there's overhead in all jobs and there's tasks that people have to do that they don't particularly like and trying to minimize those or outsource them if you're able to.
0: Right. So the second response to what area of excess do you need help with is sentimental things. It's a common question that we get. So I recommend selecting only a couple or a few items to keep to help you spark memories, especially those items that can be useful to you. I also recommend taking images of these items so that you can refer back to them because there might be many things that spark memories, but you don't need them all. You don't need them all. And be mindful of the items that you are keeping. Do they spark positive memories that push you further or do they hold you in the past? If they're holding you in the past, that's not healthy. So also be mindful of that. And speaking of items that can be useful to you, many of our listeners know that your brother passed away many years ago and your dad uses your brother's jacket. And that's such a beautiful thing. Like That was a sentimental item that was useful. So
1: no, for sure. Like, I, I feel like, especially if a family member passes away, you get so much stuff, depending, especially if you lived with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always going to be those certain things that mean something to you. Or like you said, spark that memory or a memory with that person. You don't need to have it all. And I also want to say this, find use out of it. If it your grandmother left you a necklace, wear it. Like, do you mm-hmm. like wearing it? Can you get use out of it? Um, or photograph it and and keep the photograph, then you have technology clutter. (laughs) But, you know, finding ways instead of holding on to it, because, you know, I I don't want people holding on to my stuff when I'm gone, just because they feel obligated. It's like, if you can use it, great. If not, pass it along to someone who can, like, that's what I would like to see done with the five things that I own. I
0: love it. I love it. So the next response was hedonism which is the desire to constantly seek out pleasure to minimize pain. So I had to look into this. I had to do some research. So how to minimize hedonic adaption is to pursue curiosity and develop passion or life purpose to find happiness in the simple pleasures in life and make time for them each day. For example, grabbing a coffee, meeting with a friend, you know, getting exercise, getting that high, uh, having fun hobbies will help as well to reduce useless activities and commitments and replace bad and unhealthy habits. such just smoking and overeating and eating unhealthy foods and doing drugs with healthy ones. And uh, we're actually, I'm going to be going into habit management and and breaking bad ones, and building new ones in my future discussion with a very exciting guest. So stay tuned for that.
1: Yeah. So when I first read this, I immediately thought, you know, that short term pleasure is going to cause it's going to cause future pain mm-hmm. but current pain can give you a lot longer pleasure so if you save money now you work hard now you eat healthy now then you're going to reap those benefits in the long term even if i'm like about to eat something badly i'm like oh i i know if i eat this i'm i'm not going to have energy for the you know the rest of the day or i'm just you know it's gonna affect my energy or how i feel or it's like if i if i spend money on this it's less money that i'm gonna save this month or you know just be being very aware of that and being mindful of the future and those things because sometimes you give in in the moment and it's at the expense of your future but this is a famous quote and it says be mindful of the future but not at the expense of the present. So you don't always want to be you know, like torturing yourself, trying to live this very strict life, but, you know, doing things while still being mindful of the future.
0: Yeah, well said. The next response is what if stuff such as clothes, vases and cutlery? So my response is if you haven't used or worn them in the past year, get rid of them. Also look for duplicates of these items. Do you already have a similar vase? And so when it comes to cutlery, how much cutlery do you need out in your drawer? For example, if you're two people, I believe, Lauren, you mentioned you should have four sets. Now, if you're four people, you can have eight sets. And if you entertain, you can have more. But we suggest that you store these extras because you're not entertaining all the time, unless, of course, you are. And if you don't entertain, evaluate how much you need. So that will help with those items.
1: And just, you know, working with coaching clients on minimalism, a lot of the times they're like, I don't know if I need this. I'm like, well, use it. See if you like it. See if it's something you want to keep. If you have a vase, go buy flowers and display it. Do you like Mm -hmm. it? Do you like the way it looks? Is buying flowers something that you want to do consistently or that you would do even periodically and use it? Wear the clothes, use the cutlery, host a dinner party, see if it's something you want in your life or not. And if it's not, then you know, at least then you know you can get rid of it. Um, but just sitting around humming and hawing is it's never gonna help you with the decision of whether you're you're gonna use it or not.
0: Yeah. It's not gonna it's not gonna fly away on its own. <laughs> you need yeah. to make a decision. <laughs>
1: Unless I'm your roommate, then it will.
0: Yeah, exactly. Unless Lauren's <laughs> living with you, it will probably in the trash be in the trash can or in the donation bin. <laughs> so the next response is clothes and shoes. It's a common one, but it's it's one of the most challenging categories. So I recommend you ask yourself questions such as: Do I love these items? Do they still fit me? Do I have duplicates of them? Can I sell or donate them? Are they worn out? Do these items fit my personal style today? Our style is always changing and evolving. So, and also really think about your lifestyle needs. Are you going to be wearing this item? Does your is your lifestyle conducive to wearing X item, or do you need that pair of shoes now that you are in a new field? For example, uh, do you need so many pairs of heels or dress shoes for events when you're not going to events anymore? How many shoes do you need? Could someone else make more use out of them? And I know you and I, we we stick to one neutral shoe one black heel, you know, it makes it very easy to make decisions. But again, we are not fashionistas. So if you're super into fashion, then of course have more and you're wearing them all the time, go for it. But if you're not, and they're just sitting there collecting dust, then you should make some decisions about them.
1: Yeah. And I teach this in the closet course, but really asking yourself, what clothes do I need for what occasions in my life? How many do I need? And what goes with what, you know, I've had such great feedback of people emailing me back. And they're like, you know, once I pieced together outfits and did your system, I knew exactly what I need. I knew what clothes or what shoes were hard nose and what, you know, actually did fit in my wardrobe. So, You know, just taking that time and figuring out what goes with what and what you actually need will make it so much more clear of what clothes and shoes you do need for your current lifestyle.
0: Okay, perfect. So another area of excess that a listener needs help with is personal care products from hair tools to makeup to hygiene. So I recommend going through all these items and letting go of everything that is expired. Yes, hygiene items expire. Sometimes we don't think that, but they do. Your makeup items also, they get old. So go through that first, eliminate that, then go item by item and really think about what are the items that I'm actually using? What are the items or maybe samples that you receive from Sephora that you're not actually gonna use that maybe you could give to someone else? Be mindful of that. Also think about your routine. Do you really need all those layers of creams on your face every day? You probably don't. Go back to our episode with Dr. Mary Alice Mina, again, episode 152 on skinimalism you don't need much, we don't need much. And she always says that all we need is a nice cleanser, moisturizer and sunscreen, that's it. And retinol. And retinol, (laughs) 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 which I haven't used yet. I'm still scared to use that, but I gotta try it one day.
1: No, I love it. I've gotten so many compliments on my skin since I've started using it, so.
0: Wow, no kidding. I'm
1: very happy with it. So when it comes to, yeah, hair, makeup, hygiene, again, there's so much on the market and I get drawn into it too. I'm like, Oh, I need that new blow dryer. Cause then my hair will look more volumized and it, it's hard to like not fall into it. But you know, I, I say this honestly, like I wear makeup, I wear extensions. I style my hair. I paint my nails. I wear spray tan. I'm not necessarily, I'm not walking around with my hair in a ponytail with no makeup on. Like I, yeah. I use all of those products. I wear perfume, but I only own the stuff that I actually use. I have no extras. So people look at my stuff and they're like, Oh my God, you own no products. But I I do own products. I just use them. Mm -hmm. I'm very consistent with them. And if I am going to bring something, if I want to, you know, they have like liquid blush now. So I'm like, okay, once your powder blush runs out, you can get a liquid blush. And if you like it, then you can keep it or try a sample of it. what's great about Sephora is that they offer samples that you can get when you order online or they have birthday gifts. So you can try out products and see if it's something that you'll use in your routine before you commit to buying the entire thing and not knowing whether you're going to use it or not. So yeah, just make sure that you've used the full product before you try a new one, try to use a sample of it. And really, if you have to sit down and write out your daily routine and what you use sometimes and take that list into your bathroom and see what doesn't make that list, do it because it's just, you know, we stuff piles up so much that it's, it's hard to know what you're using and what you're not using.
0: Mm Hmm. So we had another question about someone who's looking to downsize and move to a smaller home and they don't know where to start. So my recommendation is to think about your lifestyle goals and only keep what you need and use. It's really important that you declutter your space before you move into a new space. Even when I moved to my new space and I know I'm only one person, but I went through everything because I didn't want to bring stuff that wasn't valuable to me anymore with me into my new place. It's always the worst when you move and all your stuff that you haven't gone through comes to your new house. Oh, what a headache. So go through it. Go through and, and avoid placing items in storage to avoid paying for a space, housing things that you probably don't need. Yeah,
1: when I moved in to my place by myself, mm-hmm. I actually took the floor plan and made a blueprint of exactly what I needed in what room and in mm-hmm. what drawer. I'm weird, but it it makes it, you know, really think about yourself because Kelly and I have worked with people and coached them too who are downsizing and ask yourself, What do you want to bring to this new home? Like every time you pick up a piece, be like, is this going to be in the next chapter of my life? Do I need this? Is this something that I I want to bring? So yeah. And I I highly suggest making, figuring out the rooms and what you need in them because the stuff that you have now might not fit or make sense in that new space.
0: Yes. Yes. And the next response was finding time for decluttering as a mom of young kids. Now, I should acknowledge, we should acknowledge that we do not have kids yet, and uh, but I do have some advice here. I have spoken to the minimalist mom in the past. I do have a mom who's also a daycare worker, so I learned a lot over those years. And my mom, she always would make time while the kids were sleeping. But another, another recommendation is to, to work together with your children to declutter. And get rid of items. So my mom worked with the kids. They labeled all the bins. My mom has this little labeler machine labeled all the bins so that the kids learn that when they play with a toy and they're finished with it, they put it back in the bin. Right. And so that's for the organizing focus of the conversation. But when it comes to decluttering, also my girlfriend, she, my girlfriend, Mel, she has two daughters and she will take time at the end of the day to declutter when the kids are sleeping. So there are moments during the day. I know it's very challenging, but there are moments that you can find, even if it's five, 10 minutes, it will add up over the long run in a great way.
1: Yeah, for sure. Again, I'm not going off personal experience, but what I would do and what I try to do, even just living with someone else, is pair things together. Like if you're taking out the garbage before you tie it up, open some drawers, like see if there's anything you can throw in there that you're not using or that's broken or that you need to get rid of have that donation bag in the room or at the front door. And when you're folding laundry or bring laundry out of the dryer, is there anything that's like worn or ripped or that doesn't fit anymore more, that you could donate? So finding those times of things that you're doing anyways mm-hmm. and you know using it to like go through the stuff. A lot of times too, and I just say this because I have friends who have kids, They don't like it when their friends or their parents bring toys over for their kids. They're like, we have so many toys. The kid looks at it once and then they don't play with it anymore. And it's overwhelming how much stuff they get, you know, going and saying, we just want your company. Please don't feel obligated to bring anything. The kids just want to see you. They just want to spend time with you. And if you want to buy them stuff for when, you know, you're at your home and you want to have a few things there, that's great. But they just have a ton of toys and, you know, we want to see you. So again, just don't feel obligated to bring stuff over.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then the next one is expensive jewelry. So my recommendation would be to meet with an appraiser. If you've got a lot of jewelry, meet with appraiser, figure out the value of each item, and then find a way to sell these items. I'm assuming that they would, most of them would be valuable. And if they're not, maybe donate some of them, especially those that no longer fit with your style. It could be a lot of jewelry that you own that just doesn't fit with your style. Uh, for me, we were recently asked on Instagram, Hey, what do you, how do you store your jewelry? And I thought to myself, well, I don't have much jewelry. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was like, well I have one little pillow like you know that little pillow that we have for our necklace and our and our our bracelet we have the same matching jewelry pieces Lauren and myself it's really funny and that's about it I copied you <laughs> Yeah you do you copied me but those are the only two pieces of real jewelry I have anything that's any other jewelry I have this tiny little box that I have under my sink but that's about it that's how I manage my jewelry but if you have excess jewelry yeah. I mean, get it appraised. If if it's not expensive jewelry, then donate a lot of the pieces because I'm sure a lot of people would really appreciate that or sell it. A lot of people will buy jewelry as well. I find that Facebook Marketplace is the best. I don't know how it is in the anywhere else in the world, but here in Canada, I put anything up on Facebook Marketplace and I can sell it within the day. It's amazing. Super efficient.
1: Yeah, no, I'm like you. I have no jewelry, and the jewelry I have is so dainty. Like I could fit all my jewelry in probably a spoon. (laughs) We needed to.
0: (laughs) We are not accessory people. We like our little pearl earrings, and off we go. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I like that. It's like, is she wearing a necklace? Like, did I see a little sparkle there? I don't. Yeah, (laughs) because it's so. Yeah, I like. I yeah, I like my dainty jewelry. But jewelry, the beauty of it is that it actually has a higher return on it, I'm assuming, than like used furniture or clothes. Like you'd probably be able to get more back because things like diamonds and gold, they can reuse. But yeah, I would take it into appraisers. You can get a few opinions, see how much it's worth and then see if that money's worth it to you. And if, you know, if you can get like a few thousand dollars, maybe you can go on a nice trip or like put some money in savings or, you know, take a cooking class. Like there's other things you can do with the money than just have it sitting in a drawer with stuff that you're not wearing and might never wear.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I mean, if it's real jewelry, great. Uh, yeah, definitely sell yeah. it. But uh, yeah, what a, what a question. I was like, wow, interesting. So we have so yeah. many more responses that we are going to share our responses to, but we are going to move that to part two of the conversation. So this is part one. We're going to have part two coming out next week and stay tuned for it because we have a lot to go through. Everything from digital clutter, how to manage basement storage, Uh, how to manage living room clutter to how to manage your closet. And so it's going to be a focus episode on how to manage the excess in your closet, how to pair outfits together, what to do with items you wear only one to two times a year. There's a lot to discuss. So I want to thank you so much again for all your responses and stay tuned for part two of our conversation next week.
1: Yes. Stay tuned. This has been so much fun. I love the Q and A's.
0: Oh, it's so much fun. We need to do them more often because there's so many ideas and, and issues that come up that we can work to problem solve with you, which is exciting. And uh, yeah, it was really fun chatting with you and catching up with you. And I look forward to going through the rest of it with you another day, Lauren, and, and hopefully we can go for a walk this weekend. That'd be great. Yeah,
1: no, it's like starting to be real fall weather now. I love it.
0: I know. It's your favorite season. I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, this is Lauren's favorite season. You must be loving this freezing cold weather.
1: <laughs> I love the heat, but it's nice when it changes over and you wear like a chunky knit. It
0: sweaty. is nice. I like the whole idea of the fashion in fall. I, I do love fall and I love the beautiful colors and everything, but uh, nothing beats wearing a pair of shorts in the summer. It's bust. I know.
1: I know. <laughs> it's like, I love the shortness of it. I wish that you know, like it's such a pretty fall and then Christmas comes, but I wish summer started again in January.
0: Yeah. Our summer in Toronto only lasts four months. So kudos to anybody else who has summer year round. We're jealous.
1: (laughs) Very jealous.
0: (laughs) Well, thanks again, everyone. (laughs) And uh, we will speak with you next week. Thanks guys. Thank you for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this one-on-one Q&A discussion and please stay tuned for part two releasing next week where Lauren and I cover the second half of your questions. And as always, you can follow us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook at Millennial Minimalists and learn more about us, the podcast and our closet decluttering course and other simple living classes on our website at mastersimplicity.com. And as always, you can find these quick links in the show notes and more. And lastly, I want to thank all of you for listening in and to those of you who have taken a moment to write us a kind five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We love reading your reviews and they really help us grow and bring on more exciting guests. So thanks again and stay tuned for part two releasing next week. Bye-bye.